0: Welcome to the very first Ultra Dose podcast episode. It feels like forever since we've been working on this amazing project. And each week I will be bringing you a different dose of practices, personal stories, and perspectives to flip your script and amplify personal well being. So this week I have the utmost honor to introduce and share a dose of Josie. Josie Schweitzer is a certified Katoni yoga teacher who has been living, breathing, moving, embodying, and sharing the theory and work of Katoni yoga for over eight plus years. Josie was not only my first teacher and <laughs> gateway into this theory, but she is also a friend and my North Star when it comes to anything in life. As Josie loves to say, how we do one thing is how we do everything. And throughout this dialogue, we share about the amazing theory of Katona Yoga, how it's transformed our life, and also how we can begin to embody this work beyond the map. Go ahead, step on into our little corner of the audio world. My name is Nikki Lang, and I'll be your guide each week, offering a dose of different perspectives, personal stories, and practices for amplified well-being. Spending over a decade in the wellness scene, I decided to create an underground space, or a speakeasy, if you will, where we can share openly, think rebelliously, and break all the rules to flip our script and live a more practical and magical life. I recognize that this podcast might not be for everybody, but that's the beauty of a speakeasy. We're liberating ourselves from living within the box so that we can feature collaborative dialogue and a few signature monologues from me to offer you a dose of exactly what you needed to hear and didn't even know it. Okay, perfect. We are officially recording, so I don't forget and we have this beautiful conversation. <laughs> Over coffee, um thank you, thank you so much for joining today. This is such a treat to be able to see you at the same time.
1: My pleasure. and you know
0: mm, I love it. So we're actually going to get started for all of our listeners who are tuning in. Most of you do practice Katona yoga or you've heard of it. You've caught it on the podcast. You've practiced it. You've been to Josie's classes, but we are actually going to take some really interesting and deep questions today through the film and filter of the magic square, which is not a type of yoga. It is a technique. I keep finding myself repeating that time and time again lately. (laughs) As everyone wants to categorize our life Uh, but this is just a technique and it's going to change as each person and each voice filters through it so I'm really honored to have one of my teachers one of my greatest inspirations Josie here today tuning in and let's get started so we're gonna drop in when did you drop in to this practice, as we know, Katona or whatever practice you really want to speak to, and why did you choose to drop in? Because I think there's always this conscious choice that kind of precedes that dropping.
1: Yeah, this is an interesting question because looking back, I can say specifically, oh, it was in this time, but in that time, it did not play out like that, mm. Um I was actually, and we've talked about this. I was living in New York temporarily completing a 500 hour teacher training at Yoga Works, which is very separate from Katona Yoga. And I'm a big believer in nothing is an accident, right? So whoever it was told me to go take class at this place called, um, Katona, it was actually called Katona Yoga, it was in Chelsea, mm-hmm. in New York. I took a class. Um, first, it was, Well, it wasn't. So my first class at that place was with Philip Askew, and it was vinyasa, and it was amazing, and it was really what I was into at the time, but he took it to another level, and I started to hear him speak about this theory, and we were doing this breathing technique, and it was just like, what just happened? I want to be a part of this. I don't even know. So then I, that following Sunday, that was on a Friday night, I believe, that following Sunday, I took my first class with Abby. This was my first <laughs> yoga class. And I was like, I honestly don't remember what I was thinking in the moment, but I know that I was completely aware and present and I was asked to do things I had never been asked to do. And I was embodied. All the mats were facing each other, which is, mm-hmm. about, like, that was one thing I loved about Ashtanga because I got into that for a little bit where it's kind of like you face each other, but this Mm -hmm. felt different. That kind of still sorry-ish (laughs) donkeys, like a little uh, militant to me in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, This felt more communal. This felt like we're looking at each other because we're in it together and Mm -hmm. there was conversation going on and there was adjusting and getting off the mat and it wasn't so rigid and yet it was. Like, it's like follow the rules, but also let them, be loose like know how to follow the rules and know how to break them know how to make own. and like there was a place for me there and there was a place for everyone there and everyone was different and after that class I mean I would come back and teach at my studio in Columbus like periodically during the time I was living there over the six months that I was there for the training and I started to teach very differently but then looking back people like oh my god the training you're in like what's happening and I'm like looking back it was just all Katona stuff yeah and it never left and this has truly Mm -hmm. been something that I've gone to and I've never doubted I've never been like I don't want to be about this because it was um it wasn't just about getting into a shape in your body. It was about fitting yourself. And I'd never been taught that before in the yoga room or space. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like I was trying to not fit myself. It was like, it was weird. I I mean, I was struggling a lot with um, my own issues and I'd, I've dealt with like, um, and I'll say this here, like eating disorders and, you know, those things actually got heightened for me during a period mm-hmm. of my yoga practice where you think that like this thing is supposed to be like saving you, but really it was actually making it worse. And then mm-hmm. I found a practice and that's really when I did a lot of healing, like the healing began, I feel like when I started to embody <laughs> Katana yoga.
0: Yeah. And that's only the first question. So (laughs) I love it. No, because I mean, when we drop in through one, it is that like seed of containment. It's like that first sign of potential being grown. And, you know, I, I want to do a follow-up question here. There's so many things just even from your beautiful response, but the first time as a teacher that I had students face the middle of a room, I mean, and it's different because we live in the Midwest. So we get like the trickle about west, we get the trickle of out east, and then it's like it takes someone kind of radical to do something different and bring it before it's mainstream, and I think that's who you are. I think that's what I learned from you as well to be more confident with. So when I had students face in, I was met with so much discomfort from people, and I had never thought a thing of it because in my classroom, in a school room, I made my students face in, because it didn't, it didn't make sense to me to have them in rows. I couldn't see them. So, you know, I taught high school seniors, like, you know, who the heck knows what they were doing in the back row. So I had them all face in. And so in the yoga room, I did that as well. And people were adults, were so uncomfortable. So when you kind of went into that first experience, especially in Abby's room where it is super communal, it, there's tons of dialogue. People are assisting each other. People are, you know, like really in each other's space. Um, Did it first that make you feel like, oh, this is home? Or were you a little thrown off at being seen first?
1: Mm -hmm. At that point, I didn't have a problem being seen in the yoga room because it was somewhere I was confident. Like I had Mm -hmm. no problem, like, you know, practicing in New York City in the front row. Like I didn't, I honestly felt very confident in a yoga room. That to me felt like, just, oh, I'm actually a part of a communal, like being mm-hmm. in the front row still felt so separate to me. So for yeah. me, it was like, I was never afraid of like being seen in that way. It was more mm-hmm. about like, oh, like now we're actually like in it together. It isn't me versus teacher, teacher versus student. It's like, we're all literally learning from each other in this moment.
0: Yeah. That is what I was just thinking of you know, back when I first started practicing, it's like, oh, if the teacher smiled at me or like was in my space, it was like such a special moment. And like, it really starts to break down. If you look back and reflect on it, there's such a power dynamic there. If you feel like, oh, I feel seen by the teacher, if you're facing forward and they come up to you, but in a Katona space or in a space that is facing in, it totally disseminates that power. Like it totally spreads the power evenly between everybody being able to see you, experience you, appreciate you. And then the teacher isn't just this like one sovereign being like wandering the room, you know, where like all eyes on the teacher. And that's,
1: that's huge too. I think. I'll add to that because a part of me not like, you know, being okay with being seen was like, I was very much about the practice. I was like, I need to get Mm. perfect and I need to be able to you know, hold a handstand and pop up to the mat. And like, that was in a sense, a part of that. And so then going into the Katona room where we weren't offered jump to the top of the mat, <laughs> this was like other way of being seen. So when I was being told after leaving a class when I'm in the front of the room by a teacher, oh, you have a beautiful practice. Like it was like almost like you kind of like craved that. Yeah. And I don't think that's healthy. Like, what does that mean? Like I okay, so I'm going to keep trying to look beautiful while I'm here. So I'm putting on a show. Whereas in mm. fun, it was like, I'm being seen in the way of like, Oh wait, like Josie, like get your armpit around your knee and fit yourself. Cause you have a leaky cup. Like, you know, it was like, Oh, she's actually, I'm like being helped here. Hold <laughs> mm. so like, Oh, look how beautiful your practice is. Like that was something that just fed my foibles.
0: Hmm. This leads to a question I actually have at the very end, but I'm going to ask it now because I like to break the rules. And you know, the this quote gripped me the other day was, "Would I rather be good or would I rather be whole?" And you saying like it fed, like being told that I had this beautiful practice, it just fed this piece of me that like obviously was not whole, wasn't integrated. So, um, you know, how have you? begun to shift away from that idea of needing to be good versus like needing to step back and instead be whole.
1: I think before I was so, it was so concerning what other people thought and what it looked like. And now it's about me and what I get to experience. And now it's about being introduced to that idea of like we're practicing for joy, I was like, oh what? We're not practicing. So we can like contort our bodies and like injure ourselves and hold a handstand. And I keep saying that because I literally was so obsessed with inverting for so long. And now like just knowing like how. And I'm not saying that that's the case for people that invert it doesn't mean that it's unhealthy. It's like my relationship to it was very unhealthy at that time, and my relationship to a lot of things were very unhealthy at that time. So I had to find a new way. And so then it was like, Oh, I am actually practicing so that I can put in effort and receive grace where before it was just like effort, 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 no grace. And so, yeah, for sure. Like I would rather be whole. And that's what this practice Mm -hmm. is about. Like finding the, or not finding, it's about creating your own container for yourself Mm-hmm. to create boundaries for yourself and for others and to be whole and to be able to know what you need and what you don't need.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so wonderful because you saying like effort and grace and like effort, 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 um, which when we drop in, right, like we have to, like we land, we make a little effort to find that rise. And I had said, effort and grace. And then when I was studying with Ivy, Ivy Ray, senior Katona yoga teacher, she goes, what are you saying? I said, Eff- effort and grace. And she goes, no, 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 it's, it's grace and effort because grace has to come first and then you make the effort. And I think in any form of health, wellness, air quotes, fitness, looking great, the gram, it's like effort comes first and then we get so accustomed to making the effort, like we never actually receive grace. And you just keep playing this loop of effort and effort. And I relate to that so much in my own yoga practice because I practice in a studio with mirrors. So I was constantly not only watching myself, but watching other people, watching the teacher, and then really getting a 360 view where I was like, oh shit, you know, like I really have to work hard because people can see me. (laughs) at all angles. But yeah, it's, it's grace comes first. And I think when people start settling into that, that's when that idea of wholeness trumps goodness or being perfect or whatnot. I mean, I've
1: said it better myself. The whole thing with the mirrors is like, again, like for some people it's empowering to see themselves sweaty, working out. And Mm thus it makes us really fucked up, you know, like and mm-hmm. there are days because I go to a place that, you know, it's a workout place that there are mirrors and sometimes I like love it. I'm like, oh, like I feel powerful. I can like mm-hmm. see it. My hips are at three and nine and I'm more like, okay, let's like focus in on the form. Yeah. But, but when I'm in my yoga practice, it it's a different place for me. That's where I go to not. Do that <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah and the mirror just becomes because there were moments when I was 16 I was like oh damn like I look really good I feel mm-hmm. good like this is incredible but it's mirrors are just another tool for information informants instead of performance yeah. you know which is yeah. but well, they can be used either way Exactly. Yeah, and it's what works, yeah, what feeds you instead of destroys you. Um so with that, like we rise, right? Like we've dropped in, we're getting so much juicy narrative thread here. I'm so excited. Um so we rise up to 2 and we're really looking at obviously reflections, relationships. This is one of my personal areas of the magic square because I think my yoga practice is my relationships, it's so much more than being in practice um, or, you know, not being in practice. But, you know, with this being said, what are some reflections? Because relationships, reflections, right? Like we're getting a view of the past so that we can move forward. What's a reflection you've been having lately that is really changing what you're seeing in the windshield? Oh,
1: that's such a good question. You know, um, just, it's, it's interesting because I'm at this place where I have owned a yoga studio and sold it. Right. And here I am again, owning another studio and <laughs> I'm not selling it cause no one's buying a yoga studio right now, but I, I'm reminded of why I didn't want to own a yoga studio. And here I am, you know what I mean? It's like, um, um, truth comes out or everything comes out in the wash, right? Mm -hmm. The truth eventually reveals itself in time. So I'm just being met with a lot of truth. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I went into this thinking it was going to be something different and it certainly was, but the things that I didn't like about owning a studio, um, they're still there, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm, Thankful that I'm able to just be honest with myself and, and not try to just be like, okay, I can do it. I can make it work. Because that people will see that. People will feel it. Like in and, and I am in no I'm not in a place, I really don't live in the regret. I'm not, mm-hmm. oh, I shouldn't have done it. Why did I do it? Like I could do that for a lot of things in my life. And I know that I've been through a lot because it's made me who I am, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, we were raised a certain way to be able to endure what we go through and then what we create and so it's just it's been such a time for reflection of like you know you're you can keep dating the same quote-unquote person over and over again until you finally learn (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm not in a relationship with a person like that So Mm. it's actually nice because now I'm in a very healthy relationship with someone that like is so Mm -hmm. supportive of me and has my back in a way that I've never had before. Mm. So that's really nice. So I've been actually reflecting on like past relationships and being like, thank fucking God I didn't Mm -hmm. stay in it and try to make it work because I could. And it's the same with having a business and Mm. what you're doing. Like we can always make it work and muscle through and, but being able to be honest and knowing that that's actually going to be a harder route, <laughs> you know, cause staying with somebody is like comfortable. Okay. Let's just stay and whatever, or staying in, in a place where you're not completely happy. Um, and I'm not talking about like, you know, there's times in owning a business where it's hard and you have to do the work. Anyways, this is different. You know, yeah. it's, it's a different kind of knowing that I don't want it. And so, Mm. It has been a lot of like reflecting, but also in a way like actually bringing me more towards my truth of like, oh yeah, like don't go back there. Keep moving forward.
0: Mm. I love that. We were chatting before we hit record and I I just said spontaneously, I don't know how much more truth I can handle right now (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, working with that analogy that you're in your vehicle. And like, what's behind you is in the rear view. What's ahead of you is in the, you know, windshield. It's like, I feel like they've been reversed lately where my rear view is this like massive (laughs) windshield and my future potential is this like tiny little, tiny little handheld mirror. But I love that you bring up the idea of relationships because I do experience and hear a lot of people going through, oh, like, I can't believe, I mean, with the pandemic and with the entire social upheaval of our life right now, I think relationships, one, are being put to the test for the better, right? Like, what is that? Um, Oh, Baptism by fire, right? It's like you are either going to make it or you're not. And in my opinion, that's the least drama, right, possible. It's like, I would rather know (laughs) if I'm going to make it with someone up front or not, but I do, I do witness a lot of people staying in these situations and I'm not talking about people who can't get out of, you know, um, unsafe situations right away. I'm not speaking to that. I'm speaking to people who are making a very conscious, um, and more comfortable choice to kind of be in that like low vibe, somewhat miserable space, because that's like just been their pain threshold for a while. And I think, like you said, everything comes out in the wash and that's a gorgeous, gorgeous thing to think about a business as well, because anything that has two points, you and a business, you and your partner, you and your mother, you and your, you know, like neighbor, it's a relationship, whether you want it or not. Right. And the way we do
1: everything. everything, So
0: exactly, exactly. And I love the idea that you have because sometimes like Sometimes we paint this picture of, oh, if I, you know, openly say I don't want to do this anymore, people might think I'm flaky or people might think that I'm not committed or whatever people think, but it goes back to what you said. It's like the more clear and quiet you get on your own truth, the less other people's voices impact
1: you. Exactly. And like years of doing hair and just hearing so many people's stories and then also like telling a lot of people what you were doing. I learned quickly or maybe not so quickly, but keep <laughs> a lot of things to myself because then it doesn't get cloudy. Like, you know, you talk to like the people you need to talk to. For me, it's like, you know, my therapist, close friends, but like you don't need a lot of opinions. You need your own. You need to get quiet.
0: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And with that, we can transition over to our heart space. Another one of my favorites. Um, so how are you handling your heart and your inner world? Just like you said, that inner space to get clear, to hear your own opinions. How are you kind of handling that right now?
1: Honestly, it's for me, I have certain practices that I need to do every day to feel like, okay, I can deal. Mm-hmm. One of Mine is I have to sweat. I have to feel embodied for me. It's usually either like a high intensity workout or it's Mm -hmm. running. It's like getting my feet, like hitting the pavement. Um, I need that like feeling of like sweaty in my body, in my breath. There's that. There's also, I've been writing a lot more. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm one for like always having a journal with me, but it's more so I was like class planning. I kind of found that I slipped away from me like <laughs> journaling for me instead of for others, right? It was about what am I gonna give others, an inspirational thing I heard to like share with others. And then now mm-hmm. I've been taking this time um, and I do morning pages and I do three pages every morning. And then the other night I shifted and I started writing those at night um, mm. as well. And that's been um, just a different way of looking at your day and it's they're like totally different experiences. Mm. um I've been doing like cold therapy to shock my system I mean to new types of breath work like Wim Hof um that are more just intense because I like intensity and it, you know it's nothing like pranayama and breath work and you know we love kundalini um but mm-hmm. there's something about like learning something new that's very cool mm-hmm. that takes me out of my head so I'm, I'm constantly trying to like trick my nervous system and like shock it in a way so that I can endure. Right. I'm like trying to make myself uncomfortable enough that I can, you know, have my temper tantrum, like freak out and then freak back in, like give myself time to like, you know, have a little Mm -hmm. fit and then like put a boundary on it and say, okay, you're done. Go back to work. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we gave ourselves that 60 minutes or that 20 minutes or the 10 minutes of the freak out. And yeah. Um, a couple things you mentioned. I want to try the Wim Hof. I watched his documentary. I did. I watched the whole goop special on him. I a hundred percent believe the science and the methodology. Um, when I was watching it, I was like, is this Kundalini? Like, this seems so similar. Um, so do you love, like, are you really into his breathing? practice right now because to me it seems a little more accessible to people who don't want to you know like chant wahey
1: guru and wear white (laughs) definitely and like i've been you know i've been knowing about him for years now so i'm i was actually really surprised that i've never like sat down and done his breathing techniques because i'm like oh i have my own and then Mm -hmm. i was introduced to this one and i was like oh this isn't anything i've ever done before and it's very it's free like You go YouTube, Wim Hof, you know, it's like every open source, like anybody can do it. Um, There's so many things you can like just, you know, learn through the internet. And if you have somebody that can teach you in person, great. But right now we pretty much don't. So for me, and it is very similar to Kundalini, but yeah, like a lot of people think Kundalini is insane. And at first I did too. Like I was introduced to it because I was um, in Hawaii for two weeks and it was the only practice that was being offered. And I literally hated it so much. Hated it. I was like, this is literally, I this is like a cult. <laughs> and, you know, it just catches you or it doesn't, but it caught me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I love this. And I've been practicing it ever since. Mm. So.
0: It is, not. is that a daily practice for you? I'm so curious about Kundalini because one, nobody teaches it really. Okay, a few people in Ohio teach it. Two, nobody really wants to talk about it. Sure. And, you know, like I have a few friends and I, and including you who practice, but I've tried to kind of get into a daily Kundalini practice and it hasn't been as devotional as like. I wanted it to be for myself. I was like, damn, I really thought I was going to do this like every day for the rest of my life. Um, is that something you kind of just happen and do, or do you have like a daily practice? Yeah. So what
1: I tend to do with Kundalini because, okay, when I'm in places, yeah, there isn't anyone here that I, let's just be honest in Columbus that I like taking from it. I, I haven't found a teacher here. Right. But I, I do have like Jagat. Guru Singh, like, I've actually never practiced with Guru Singh in person. He's out in California, as is Guru Jagat, but she's kind of everywhere. She's in New York. She's in Mallorca. Like, where is Guru Jagat? Who knows? She's everywhere. I think she actually has, like, probably five. Like, she has, like, five of her (laughs) because I don't know how she does what she does, but we'll get back to that. So for me, Once I was introduced to it, I tried it out here and it just didn't fit. But then when I practiced in person with Guru Jagat, I was like, oh, this is like my teacher. Right. So I will make it a point. Like if I, when I go to LA, I practice with her in person and I take those classes. And then I also, I I do Rama TV, but to be honest, I only do that for like the lectures. Most times listen to what she's saying. Um, and I also listen to her podcast, same thing with Guru Singh. I listen to his podcast and Mm -hmm. what they have to say is so powerful for me. Like I've learned so much from them being my quote unquote teachers where I've had Mm -hmm. hardly any face to face time with Guru Jagat and I've never had any face to face with Guru Singh. But, um, what I do is I, because it is like a science behind it, I'll choose a Kriya that I want to do. And I'll do that every day for so many days. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I have mine. Um, that I do that are very, <laughs> you know how we like to keep it a little secretive. And the kundalini, I know. You know?
0: Well, uh, and this gives people permission then to like not do the Korea that Josie says, but like to go find the Korea that like they want to do. Like it gives, it gives people more permission. And I know, I don't know. I think you and I were talking about this, how when people sometimes DM you and like ask you, a plethora of questions you're like all right like here's google you know and like that's my favorite new practice because it empowers people to go find the practice that is probably going to last much longer because they found it
1: yeah and i know that a part of it is like people just want to kind of like be connected to you and then, but then another part of it, it, it baffles me sometimes i'm like if i like when i want something i do i figure out how to get it like i do the research i you know i might ask somebody you know a question as far as like what direction but as far as like oh what about what is it's like yo like type it in the computer and just be like where is like just figure it out yeah but also like message me about stuff yeah but also like the thing about me and you as teachers like i am not teaching people so that they can need me I think that's very right. not okay. I'm teaching people so that they can understand that they don't need me they actually mm-hmm. can utilize their own strengths mm-hmm. so that's really
0: right like at. let let me step back yeah, when I was chatting with I mean it was probably when I was chatting with Ivy and I said, you know I don't know how to explain to people like what I do and I just kept talking as the way like consciousness comes and I said, you know my biggest thing is I don't want people to need me. Because that's so, I don't want to be like that for some. I don't want to be that chiropractor that's like, oh, you're going to have to keep coming for the rest of your life, right? Like that so defeats the purpose of any autonomy, freedom, and healing. And I was like, but I don't need to say that because that's how everybody is. And she's like, no, no, no. (laughs) That's not how everybody is. That's not how all teachers are. And I think for anyone listening, it would behoove you to find someone that maybe openly admits like you I don't want you to need me. Mm. Like we should do sessions and then like at some point you need to go to second grade, you know? Yeah you, you can't stay with me forever.
1: You need a new teacher, you need a new thing.
0: <laughs> like I'll love you. I mean I'm gonna love you and support you. That that doesn't mean like I'm
1: I'm kicking you out of my life. Yeah, but um integrate it, you know, integrate what you learned and then come back, you know? Play with yeah. new friends and then come back, you know, like do do the work
0: doing the work and I didn't, you know, and I give a lot of grace to people because I didn't know that until I did your training. Like doing the work to me was, um, like playing dress up as a little, ki- like I basically, my entire young adult life was playing dress up to like, please everyone around me in the way that like, oh, I'm a good teacher. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing that, whatever. And like, until I went to your training, I finally like stopped playing dress up and just started like doing the work and being, and that's, Definitely made all the difference. Um, do you find it? And I thought of this when you talked about Abby, do you find it crazy? And this like fun experience when people are like, Oh yeah, like Josie was my first Katona yoga teacher. Like she was
1: my first like entry into the practice. Well, I just, you know, this is why I chose to open up a second studio, because I love this practice so much, and I was like, I need, I just, in something in me needs to share it with people, and that was going to be the way that I was going to do it, and it, and that's what happened, and it makes me so happy, like, when I tell, like, how many people have I told to go to the studio in New York, to go to Bedford Hills and practice with the Bean, to take a training from Dejus, to... Mm-hmm. You know, like I want people to experience these people because I think that they're amazing and have so many different things to offer. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, it, it makes me really happy when I see people like go and do trainings there. And the fact that I was able to like introduce that to so many people, like honestly the space that's like enough for me. Like so yeah. many people were introduced to this and then teachers like you who go on and like, you're doing them. You're offering the material in a totally different way than Elizabeth, and yeah. because probably mm-hmm. Elizabeth will listen to this because we love her. Yes, <laughs> so she's going to be offering with other people. Like, there's like a whole trickle down thing. Like, there's mm-hmm. and then like you know teaching online and doing like more of that stuff. Like, it's not going away, but like it's just cool to see that like in just such a short amount of time that mm-hmm. space was really valid.
0: So valid. And the biggest thing too, it it might seem really small, but I went home and I told my mom, I was like, God, what a refreshing space to be in that didn't have retail hanging in the front, that didn't have 8,000 business cards on the front desk, that didn't have all this extra shit. And it's like, I love people who do that too. Like, wonderful. But like, that's not what I needed at that time. And it felt like a lot of the spaces I was involved in had this like extra push to make that space more than just yoga and like being in your space, the space, it was such a breath of fresh air to not have that because then we could just like focus on the material. Your brain can only handle so many things at a time.
1: <laughs> and, and I'll add to that. And I appreciate that because I wanted that like after living in New York and just, I kind of feel like I was living in both places for a long time. The amount of time that I've traveled back and forth, you know, years before that, just to go party in New York and listen to like live DJs play. Like that was like my, that's like one of my biggest joys in life. Mm. Um, and it still is like, I've been loving New York since way before I knew about Tony yoga and it's grown, but there is a thing. Like I just wanted it. I, I went into so many spaces in New York and I'm like, there's no like extra shit. Like, you can only afford so much space, right? Like, So what are you gonna do with this little tiny thing and just make it be what it needs to be? And I was like, I just want a space that's like, I don't need to like have a huge like, let's, you know, mingle in the front, let's just like go and do the work. So that's really what I wanted. I will say there's power in being able to be a person who wants to sell retail. Like I never was that person when I did hair, I didn't push selling products. I literally could have sold so much But Mm. I was like, okay, I'm just going to, like, focus on my art and, like, do really good hair. And I had a full clientele. So I was like, here's what you need to go. Go buy it. Like, Mm. the thing about, like, Guru Jagat and Kundalini, they're all about, like, money is energy, right? Oh, yeah. like, selling that is, like, another way to, like, you know, have more money, have more power in a sense that you can then do hopefully something good with it. So there is, you know, there's pluses and minuses, but I just really wanted it. Like, I know that I'm not somebody that will really ever be about selling retail in that way. It's just not exchange mm-hmm. that I've ever been able to, like, get into. So for me, it was, like, I want you to just, like, come in. No bells and whistles. Like, no bullshit. Just, like, this is a space to, like, be you.
0: Do the work. Yeah. I love that you said that, just to do the work. Because just like anything, your practice can be you know, an avoidance practice, it can be a distraction. And I think sometimes yeah, when we have those bigger spaces, it's like more of a distraction. It's like, oh, I'm going to just come in to like see some people or, you know, which is great, it serves you, but like you said for that purpose, it was about your art. And with that because it's such a I keep saying it's such a gorgeous transition. Um you know, when we ascend back up to four and we're like at this mountaintop, we're getting this beautiful vision of a sunrise over a mountain. And, you know, it's on the left side of the body. It's our feminine. It's the potential. And I I just always think that anything in line with the heart, it's like the vision of your heart. Your left foot is like the momentum of your heart. And when you speak about art, you know, where are you headed with your art? Because I know that you're background was in photography and you had this gorgeous passion for like literally tangibly working with people's hair as art and your yoga practice and teaching is art. So kind of where is your art? If you're getting a view of the mountaintop here, kind of what is that for you?
1: It's a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I do the thing I was just talking to somebody the other day, um, and they were like asking me and this was like a, a private conversation and they were asking me about my why. And I think it's so easy for us to be like, Oh, we want to, we do this cause we like to help people. But like, ultimately that's not healthy either. You know? So it was like, yeah. I need to be in a state of constant creation. Mm. So for me it's freedom, um, okay. freedom from the four walls. Like I'm a Sagittarius. I, really my fear of commitment is a real thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. like for me committing to signing a lease for five years is you know for some would be like exhilarating and exciting for me it was like oh my god I'm gonna like I feel like there's like an elephant on my chest but I'm gonna do it anyway Mm -hmm. you know um that is never that's always something that confines me when I'm like I I need to do something like I don't like to fall. Like I like to make my own rules. I do not do well when I'm being told you have to do this like this all the time. Like that's not how I operate, um, as a student or as a teacher. So for me, it's knowing that I will be moving into more of like creation. So a part of that is I'm creating new, you know, online content because that's what where we're at right now but I see this other vision of like it's more artistic it's more that side of me that's kind of been like muted for a long time even in like what I can say like when you're a studio owner all of a sudden I was like who am I like I you know I I hang out with like my best friend and it's like oh my God, I can just like speak and like say the things and I'm not going to get DM'd by someone being like, you know, you said fuck on your podcast and I really don't appreciate that. It's like, well then, you know, don't listen. So also Mm -hmm. I'm not sorry. Like I get it, but I'm also not sorry. Um, so there was just like, I was just muting myself so much as far as like what I was saying. It was very, walk on eggshells. I had censored, censored. And now I'm just feeling like I'm ready to not be censored. I'm ready. Like for a long time, you would think that I've been like being seen, but I really haven't been seen as me fully for a long time. So I'm ready for that. And Mm. and I'll share more like, as you know, I start to like, that. but for me, a lot of times it's like one door has to close before another one opens. So there is this excitement that like, I know that there's this like unknown thing lurking around the corner and I'm like ready for it. Like, I feel like I'm better at like seeing what's in my blind spots instead of like only focusing on like the tunnel vision of like, just got to go forward. It's like, wait, there's Mm -hmm. so much to this picture. There's like a, Wide angle, right? There's a wide angle lens and not just like macro.
0: Well, and it's this idea of a mountain range. You know, you're not just like your whole life is not just spent on one mountain. Like, I had a college professor who I went to Slippery Rock University for those who don't know for a semester. I bounced around and This was like an intro English class, and I was always the person setting the curve in English, so I was bored out of my mind. And she was describing, she was wild. She was so wild. So many sexual, like, illicit, funny comments, and I was like, I don't know how you're not fired, but she was describing, like, your life is not this, like, plot diagram. It's not just the one plot that you've been taught in school time and time again it's this constant like unfolding of different plot lines some are bigger some are smaller some you know are folded on top of each other and i was never going to come on this podcast and ask you what's next because to me that's just so diminishing of like the idea that like there are so many different mountains to possibly climb and traverse and you know endure because you can't just sit there. I mean, you could, but I knew you wouldn't sit there and say, oh, X, Y, and Z is next yeah. like for my art, because you have to first make up and get up that mountain of not going to be censored first. Okay, like I've made it up here. Boom. Like now I can see like what's next before I get around the corner. And you know, like Sagittarius, you're a huntress. Sure. You were like hunting right for that um that next phase of your art, I think, which is so cool. But yeah, anyone listening, it's not just one mountain. You're not just going to be like, okay, found the guy or I found the girl. Right. right. Period. Right. Okay. Now we're going to get married. Period. It's like, it's not different stages of the mountain. They're different mountains. And it's like, we should really, like you said, have that wide lens because none of us know what's coming next. <laughs> it's not right now. I know, like we can pretend all we want. So with that as well, something I kind of wanted to touch on because for those of you listening who haven't heard previous episodes, this podcast really stemmed from a desire to unburden my own heart through my speech because you know, I my mom told me when I was young like the less you lie, the less you have to keep track of and it's very freeing and I felt as well as a teacher in the school as like a business owner as well kind of in the private sector and then being a yoga teacher i too felt i have to censor myself i can't say fuck if i want to say fuck i you know for a while when i had people facing each other in class i got a ton of kickback on that and you know i was like kind of really struggling to hold my own and at this point in my evolution i was like you know i'm just going to do this podcast and start unburdening and liberating all this truth that I have lived and experienced I'm glad you feel that way because this is uncensored space so well thank you so
1: glad that you're doing this because you honestly like I love talking with you because I feel like I can just say whatever so that in itself is a gift for you like I've you know what I mean like you can talk to people and it still feels like it's like a sticky Yeah, like it's it's never that way. And it's not just because you've done my training and you know what I mean? (laughs) You have this way about you. So yeah, I can't wait. I love it.
0: Thank you. Um, so with that, something that I felt I censored myself with a lot was I grew up in a really spiritual home, not religious, very anti-religion, but very spiritual. Yeah. Like we didn't even we didn't celebrate Thanksgiving. I learned about like the massacre of Native Americans from when I was like old enough to understand, and I lived in a very, very spiritually attuned home, um, and that's been on my mind a lot too lately. So, do you? And something I've been censored with is talking about soul and spirit, because in contemporary quote unquote yoga, people yes find anything to get offended about, but also they don't want to hear anything to do with spirit sometimes or soul or, you know, they, some people think it's religion or it's against their religion, whatever. So when we travel into like the center of ourselves, you know, like that's the home and dwelling of spirit following this theory, you know, do you believe in like spirit or soul? Like what word kind of encapsulates that for you?
1: Yeah. I love this question. I actually grew up in a Italian Catholic environment. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's this piece of me, but I was also the one that was like, mom, when I get confirmed, I'm not going to church ever again. (laughs) Like she was like, don't go to church until you get confirmed and then you can choose. I was like, cool. Got confirmed. Done. And it wasn't like, it was just that I, I was never someone that liked to be like confined. Like me sitting in the pew, I was like, look, I was like so ADD looking around like that guy's hot. Like, I just remember being like, the thing that excited me about going to church was like the crushes I had on these boys. Uh-huh. Like literally I was like, okay, I'm like, what, what, are, what's going on here? So it was like, I like the idea of like church, right? Quote unquote, it was like the service you went to, you had something to like, hold to. Um, when I was really young, I was super like into like the idea of like God, I think I believed, I don't really remember, you know, I would pray and I still pray. I'll be like father, son, Holy spirit. Like I'm praying, but it, you know, back then once I kind of went through some stuff and especially stuff with like my dad and his, you know, my dad was an addict and like that, that is a whole other story to get into. And like, just going through like hard times of like questioning faith I guess you would say Mm -hmm. so like for me and I I can look back and understand what it was for me it was the whole embodying thing like I started running on my own outside of sport when I was in Early ages of middle school. And that was my way to connect with spirit and connect with soul and embodiment. And then it turned into like I would go on Sundays for like a run in nature, right? So, like mm. being in nature for me, being like in my body with myself, like that's really a lot of times when I feel like, okay, I'm like one with everything, right? So, I just had to find it in a different way. And you know what? That feeling shows up a lot of different ways and in different times. And a lot of times when you're traveling because you're being forced to see something with new eyes and a new lens. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I definitely am all about soul and spirit and, you know, like we are all one and, and that's, and that's hard language to say. Like even if I'm like making an Instagram post and I want to use the word soul or spirit, I'm like, okay, like I have to like watch what I'm saying because people are going to be like, what you know, so that's mm-hmm. thing too, it's like, there's a lot of people, you know, my best friend, she's like an atheist, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it like joke around about religion. Like, and I yeah. grew up in that home more than I did in my own home. I spent more time there than anything. So I've been able to like understand what I believe and that's not mm-hmm. changed because my mom is like Italian Catholic and, you know believe the stories of the Bible where I feel like they're more metaphor, right? It's like mm-hmm. whatever. It is what it is. How is it gonna serve you? And that's why I love learning about all different types of religion. And that's why mm-hmm. Taoism, let's go back to Katona Yoga, speaks to me so like so mm-hmm. much is because it doesn't feel like I'm conforming. It's like it's for anyone. Like anyone yeah. can fuck with the idea that there's a trinity there's a past there's a future there's a present there's a beginning there's a middle there's an end father son holy spirit you know like mm-hmm. there's always three and and um and there's much more to that theory but that i loved finding and learning about taoism because it just felt like it literally could be for anyone and anyone with any religion can put that into practice
0: 100 percent. i um I resonate so deeply with that because my first you know besides like living and growing up with my mom and like learning about archangels and things like that when I was in the yoga world for a while and then I obviously went to Katona Yoga in Bedford Hills and Naveen I'll never forget. I had just done your training and then I did a very highly medicalized yoga training for, you know, um catastrophic injuries and therapeutics things like that. It's great in its own realm, but Um, she says, and you know, like the way Naveen is, she just like rattles little things off and she's so sweet about it. She's just folding her paper cup. Just like, you know, we don't practice yoga to save the body. We practice yoga to save the soul. Mm. And I was just like floored. You know, we all have that like one moment. If you practice Katona and you've been in Naveen's presence where it's just that one line that like sinks in so deep, like way beyond skin level. And when she said that, it was just so freeing because she obviously does not care. She's sharing truth. None of it is opinion. And I think that is something, one, people have a very hard time with because when you're sharing truth, um, you know, first it will piss you off, then it will set you free. And that's why Naveen said, she's like, none of this is my opinion. This is just truth of nature, of number, of metaphor and magic. And, you know, it'll save your soul and save your spirit. She's like, doctors have a losing job. They're never going to save your body you know, um, what is that? Spoiler alert. You know, none of us get out of here alive and we're here to save the spirit. And I then felt so emboldened to really talk about it in practice, but still, you know, I'm still kind of warming up to it. Um, And I love that you say that because it is about finding your own definition. And it's great.
1: If you're an atheist, you're an atheist. I love it. Like stand in your truth. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know. It's just, um, I'm thankful (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, for me, it's like, how could I be seeing this view right now and it not be something magical? Like, I'm all about magic.
0: Right. I mean, I've got a lightning bolt out here. I've got hawks flying above. You know, there's like, it's like the alchemist, you know? Like, magic is present if you're paying attention. What are you seeing? Exactly. Mm. I love that. So kind of transitioning to moving like from this very radiant and concentrated place of spirit and soul. It's now our like feet on the ground. And whenever I think about like that phrase, like feet hitting the ground, I think of you because you're such a runner and I'm so not, <laughs> you know, but with this right foot and this right route of action, you know, what was the bi- biggest risk that you took and where did it lead you?
1: Ooh, I know. I think it's not, I can't look back and say it was one. I think it's like a (laughs) accumulation of many, um, that at the time may not have seemed like a risk. (laughs) Mm. Um, I haven't, you know, I haven't, um, you could say that like opening up a business is a risk, but for me it was never about like that. Like I'm always one that it's never about the money first, right? I need to do what makes my, and let's just talk about it soul happy. And if it means that I'm walking away from like, you know, I walked away from doing hair for close to 10 years and I had built a client. I started doing hair right out of high school. I went, to school, and like I built a clientele. I had a huge clientele, it was full. Um, I charged a good amount of money. Like, I would walk away, like, literally from a full, and I was so bad. Like, people would be like, Can I get in? Can I get in? Yes, yes, yes. I would stay as late as they wanted. I'm like, Yes, let's do it. And I'd walk away. I'm like, out of my apron that I'm wearing, I'm like, just wads of cash. I'm like, Oh, yeah, like, I forgot about that today. Like, you just like, <laughs> you know, like It's kind of, you know, that was hard to walk away from, but at the same time, it wasn't at all because I knew that my soul wasn't in that work anymore. Like it was not feeding me spiritually to do that work. And I had to be like, listen, I'll be able to survive. Like the money will come in another way. Like I need to like step away from this and step into my truth. So I think it's just a constant, like, are you willing to take a risk? Are you willing to step out and Mm. put your best foot forward and you know, not keep going to a job that you hate because it's giving you the car you want to drive. Like, but guess yeah. what? If you do find a job you love and a car that you love driving. Great. They don't always go hand in hand. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm-mm. you have to be willing to give some shit up to move into that truth.
0: hmm I, uh, giving things up mm. that, that is, like, my number one practice right now. Um, I was told – I did a healing session with Shaman Durek, and, I mean, he read me, like, a book in the first two seconds, and he was like, you know, like, the root of all of your suffering and issues are because, like, you just, like, don't let anything go. I mean, like, you literally – and I – during the day, my biggest practice right now is um, – I have to consciously unclench my abdomen. Like I literally clench it to the point where it's like, I'm not going to let anything go. And I think the the word risk then becomes like an adventure when you can like let go of something because even that word risk is kind of like, well, it's perspective, right? Like you said, it wasn't quite a risk to start a new business. It was more just in an alignment. And um, I love that you mentioned letting things go because – I think we're always obsessed with like the next thing and I need to get that new car. I need to get that new job or I'm not happy here, whatever, whatever. But like, you can't just keep
1: accumulating new things. What are you going to let go of? (laughs) Wanting nice things isn't bad, but it's like, no, well, like what's buying them, you know?
0: Yeah. Perfect. Thank you for that. Um, This is my second favorite spot in the magic square. And I'm sure if I go back and listen to this episode, it'll all make sense that I even say this, but um, moving to number seven, right? We have this right hand, how we handle the world. And then also really it's about trust. And trust for me (laughs) is funny because I, like I'm kind of the person who just gives out trust like oxygen, you know, it's just like, it's freely available, it's here, it's there which has been good and not good. But, you know, I wanted to ask you and it's also about sharpening our skills so that we can trust ourselves so that we can take ourselves seriously. We can believe ourselves, you know, we can keep our word. Um, you know, who do you trust most in this world?
1: Oh man. I mean, I have to trust myself, but it's easy to say that. I think that it's always, if I have to say, it's like, it's always my mom. Um, Mm. it's, even, you know, it's funny, we are so similar, me and my mom. And so we, we grew up, you know, it was a single family home, like it was my mom and my two other sisters. And so we, and I'm the youngest. And I think it was at that point, like, I kind of give up, you know, like, okay, (laughs) do whatever she wants to do. So why fight it? So it became like more of a friendship. And so Mm -hmm. It was like, sometimes it would be like, but I need to discipline you. And that was like a joke to me. I'm like, you can't be both like, okay, we're chilling, we're hanging out. I'm telling you all these things that I, you know, she knows everything, every sexual thing I've done, every drug I've done, like every single Mm -hmm. thing my mom knows. And I'm like, oh, maybe this isn't. (laughs) <laughs> it is what it is. So like at the same time, like we get a, like we get each other so well, but then we can also like butt heads in that same respect because we are very similar and we are very close. So, but at the end of the day, it's like, I'll still call my mom. Like when I'm sick, you know, it's like, she's, I just always know. And I know when to call my mom. If I need to just like hear the truth when I don't want to hear it. Um, so Yeah
0: yeah I love that no that's that's so potent um I also trust my mom to tell me the truth when I don't want to hear it it's a thing it really is um you know and with this being said like this idea of making a deal and keeping it because during your teacher training you took us to that art museum and we're like all right roam free get insights you need to get write things down it was just so free form I loved it and I wrote over and over again in that notebook it's There was, like, this image in one hallway that said, like, what's the big idea? And everything is a sign. I was, like, okay, what is the big idea here? And I just kept writing, like, making a deal and keeping it, making a deal and keeping it. And that, I think, is why this placement became so powerful for me because I'd make deals with, you know Mm – every like Tom, Dick and Harry and then come through with zero of them. And I think that is something we can talk about here is, you know, what is one deal that you're making with yourself and keeping
1: right now? Showing up to the work, even when I doubt myself, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of self doubt that comes up in transitioning and doing something new, doing something that's never been done, doing something you've never done. And, um, just doing the work, like, Mm. it's not always, like, the work is the work for a reason, Mm -hmm. (laughs) some days it's going to feel really good, because you got things done, and you can check it off your list, and some days it's going to feel like you literally sat and did nothing for eight hours, but you still showed up, you know what I'm saying, like, Mm -hmm. um, just showing up, like being honest, not going back into the comfort of, oh, well, I can do like, I can just keep doing this because, you know, it's comfortable. Nope. No, I can't.
0: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Cut that. Yeah. Cut that shit out right now. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, beautiful. So we're almost like nearing the end of our magic square here, which is so fun. We could spend two hours oh. talking about any of these numbers. It's, insane. you know, insane. Um and this is kind of a reiteration of a few of the questions, but I'll, I'll combine it. Um, one, you know, how do you, how do you find your roots to me? You know, like one of the gorgeous things about your practice, not that it's about how it looks is like someone looks at you and like, they know you have your roots. Like you are in your lower body or in your foundation, you're in like, you know, hip to knee, knee to ankle, like lined up. How do you find like either your physical or metaphorical roots and then what season of your life are you currently in right now? Mm. Well, mm-hmm. here's
1: the thing about me and my roots. it is my <laughs> advantage and my disadvantage because I'm always in my depths and I always want to go deep and I always want to talk about all the things and be mm-hmm. in my feelings and be in the depths of it all. And like, I was just talking to my friend Megan that owns Lacuna out in Denver today. She's another Tony yoga teacher and I was like, girl, I just need to like take, I need to like, I'm ready to not take myself so damn seriously because mm-hmm. for so long, like, I've just been taking myself so seriously. And I've like, I get these like moments where I'm like, is this, who am I right now? Like, <laughs> when I'm with certain people, I'm really, um, I can be myself. But then there's moments where I'm like, I don't you know what i'm saying like as quote unquote studio owner as whatever as this yoga teacher and so i've just been honestly working on where's the joy mm. getting out of my depths yeah um into more just like it's not that serious like yeah we're going to get to it
0: the constant cycle of like self-enhancement has been i think such a disease to this community for a long time like the wellness world of it's just oh it's just another 21-day fast or oh it's just another like style of yoga or oh it's just another you know like a philosophy that i'm learning and it's like okay that's great but like are you getting trapped yeah in your depths of like it never being enough or you never quite being quote unquote there um And yeah, I really admire the people who are so light, and you like you can feel it from them. Where you know Naveen has like such a lightness to her, because and it's not as um, it's not as like life, not life changing. Um, yeah, it's not as like um,
1: I don't know how to describe it. I know it's not. Here's the thing: she's got a good in between, right? Because this is why we talk about like kundalini people. They are up in the air, right? It's very, it's a heady crap. There's a lot of breath work. There's a lot of this. There wasn't a lot of like containment to it. There's not mm. a lot of like formality in the form that you're making in the practice. So that's why I love Katona because it's like formal and there is that like, um, you can go up, you can go low and you can go up, you can go down and up. So it's funny because I'm so good at being in my depths <laughs> and rooted and I run and like I'm always kind of like grounded in that sense for me it makes me feel more grounded to actually do a lot of pranayama because that takes me up and out of it and then it takes me in the middle like oh i'm here i'm in (laughs) so that's why i was so drawn to kundalini because it's so much breath work yeah so much i love that
0: and then what season are you currently in right now i would say i'm in spring
1: Mm. I think I'm in the spring of an idea. I think I'm in the spring of, uh, um, well, can I be in two? Yes. I think, no, you know what? I think I'm in the summer. I think it's ripening. I think it's past okay. spring. And I think that's where I'm at in my relationship. And I think mm. that's where I'm at. That makes a lot more sense. Um, you know, it's like you plant the seed. Now you get to like, wait for it. <laughs> you do it. You get to do the thing. I love it. Oh,
0: so much joy. Um, And it's it's been hard for me because it's like there is so much joy happening in life right now. And I think we're a little bit like, yes, there's a time to like, obviously not like start screaming all the great things about in your, your life. But like, we also shouldn't be ashamed or censored about like the joy and light that is in life. Because if, if we're only in our depths, if we're only you know, fighting the good fight all the time, you know, it's kind of like darkness wins because where's the light? Like, where is that entrance of joy? And like you said, that's why you practice. And also,
1: Naveen said this the other day. I, I don't know if we talked about this, but like, after practice with her, someone was like, what are you doing right now in this time? And she was like, never waste a good crisis. Like, she always has like a very good response. It's like, don't waste a good crisis. Like, let it take you to a new place, you know? learn something like obviously like have sympathy like be a good person like show support for others like offer the support you can offer but also like if you're not experiencing that grace within this then you're not going to be good for any of it (laughs) the work you do is going to suffer the volunteering you do is not going to be on it like it's just you have to have it all
0: you know if we're going to go like really there, like with frequency too. I read something, I think Siri Shakti, she is a um, family medicine practitioner out in California. She practices with Guru Jagat. She's a Kundalini teacher, which is such a cool intersection. I hope I can get her on the podcast. Um, but she posted something that said like the frequency of someone who is so positive, not bypassing, but positive and embodied and joyous cancels out the negative frequency. I think it was like thousands of people.
1: I believe
0: that. So so it's one person emanating that frequency and it doesn't have to be every day and we're not trying to hide or pretend, but that has so much power. So I hope people listening can also start to, yeah, take themselves less seriously and get in that frequency right now. (laughs) Um, so second to last question here. Um, if you could, gain a bird's eye view. So we're at nine, we're at this pinnacle of achievement. And I have this affinity for birds. I love birds. Um, And I always think of a hawk circling. Like for nine, we're at this pinnacle of achievement, we're circling up. And I learned from my teacher, Ivy, that a kind of, we say like she sickness, like um, something that happens with women primarily is we don't circle things up and we don't celebrate them. So You know, like when Leslie Nope in Parks and Recs like lands that next big promotion, she's like already off to the next thing, right? And like, you don't take a moment to let that sink in, feel it, celebrate it for whatever reason. So, you know, if you could get a bird's eye view on any subject or field of study right now, what would it be? So where I was going with this question too is like, if you could kind of, choose any subject in the world, whether it be like Taoism, whether it be Katona, whether it be, you know, like Wim Hof or just like something you're curious about, like if you could get a big bird's eye view of it and like really learn it, um, and kind of teach yourself, like what would that be? Oh,
1: it would be going back to, and I don't know if this is a correct question or answer or not, but it would be going back to learning, um, film, photography. Like I it was so funny, like, back in high school when I was in photography, like, actually, like, digital wasn't, like, really heavy on the scene just yet. Like, it was, but it was Like, we were still using film um, mm-hmm. cameras in when I was, like, a, a junior senior. I don't know if it was, like, we didn't need to, but we were. And, like, there was something about – because for me, like, capturing a photo is, like, you capture a moment – and that and then taking that and being able to like go into the dark room and develop the film and then go in and develop the photo yeah. like and it was just such like a meditative place for me like that was mm-hmm. practice in itself of like being in the dark room listening to music like seeing these photos come to life that were not perfect because they weren't edited to shit or to, you know to like whatever like there was no filter on it it was just like and I loved the black and white. So, like, for me, it was just, like, a black and white photo of something that you captured. And it was this, like, real honest moment. Mm. It just was like, oh, yeah. Like, my yoga practice started a long time before I got on mm. my mat. And now to be able to, like, have this full practice and then go back to that. It's funny because I've been wanting to go take class at this place that offers it. Like, just not necessarily class, but they offer, like, you can rent dark room. It's just obviously yeah. right now with all the precautions, it's not happening, so that's really, yeah. really number one on my list of things to do. Um, mm-hmm. Because I really wanna, and I don't know if that's just like metaphorically, I wanna do more things that are um, cap- capturing that idea of like not filtering, right? Like we can yeah. filter off of every single thing that we're doing. Please. It's felt like everything is just so fake and filtered. I'm just so over it.
0: Yeah, I think you and I both are at this precipice of like, I can't fucking take it anymore when I see. I mean, and it's it's sometimes like a visceral reaction where I'm like, all right, I got to like step back here because witnessing people either being censored or, you know, like witnessing cancel culture or witnessing people like, only appeasing like a small, you know, like lens that everyone else is viewing them through. It's like, it hurt. It hurts. I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, like, why can't we get to that moment? I also took a film photo class and you're right. That is a circling up process yeah. and it's a revealing of truth in time, which we know all revelations happen in. And, with our instant society, like nothing is being revealed because it's not happening in time. It's happening in like milliseconds. But I think we're now getting to a point where people like us are being vocal about, all right, how can we not return to things, not return to how things were, but how can we move forward with more integrity, more truth, because that's what's going to last.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And like someone was just asking me today, I was talking to someone, I'm like, oh yeah, because the the practice that you teach, like that must be hard. It's so hands-on and visible. I'm like, yeah, but also like this has taught me that it doesn't need to be. Like the material, Mm -hmm. the theory is potent to no matter what you're doing. So for me, it just brings it back. to like, how are we actually practicing to live more joyfully? So like this idea that we're not using all these props and, adjustments that just means that like we get to get over ourselves we don't need somebody else to get over it for us we don't need to rely on that we can like really step into our power of like I can make a revolution in my body in my practice and it's like all coming from me and that's powerful
0: that is the pinnacle of achievement strength structure stability stability ability vision i mean that is everything so as this thunderstorm increases we have our last question here i love nature big energy going on um if you could give anyone advice right now on how to sew back together like the severed pieces of themselves what piece of advice would that be kind of circling up now 10 wholeness we've reached like a new dimension we've made our pathway through these compartments and now like, how do we begin to put that together?
1: I mean, I'll be honest and say, stop listening to so much advice. Stop seeking it from others. Stop going and reading the quotes that, yeah, they're great. I love a good quote, of course, but it also can trip you up. Like you have to be willing to like, get honest, get quiet with yourself and like, um, Listen to the advice you would give your best friend. Are you taking it? You know what I'm saying? Like, we're really good at giving advice. We're really fucking bad at taking our own. So I think that a lot of us is just like trusting yourself.
0: That is a beautiful, beautiful note to end on. Um, With that being said, this episode will be launching in August, which I know you have a excellent program running right now, which I'm signing up for today. Oh God, I, love it. I know I wanted to surprise you and tell you. Um, so Josie's running the blueprint, which I'll let you kind of take over and explain it. You'll do it the best uh, justice and I'll have this episode out, um, hopefully for future iterations of it and to let everyone know. Amazing. Okay. So
1: this is an online course if you will i kind of hate that word but it kind of is the only word that makes sense and this it's interesting because this was something that was getting me excited before pandemic like i was actually going to the coffee shop and like i i like like this idea came to me a long time ago and i just for whatever reason i never put it out there and so i actually did it um like two months ago I did my first one and I just, it was great, but it's also, you know, anything you do the first time you're learning. Like for me, it was just like, okay, how can I make it better? What do I want to do? What do I not want to do? So it's, it's a 21 day um, course, but it's meant to work all three floors of our house. So we kind of like it, you know, it, it takes the Katona theory into it without you having to be like a Katona head. Right. So you can be, you know, a person that does hair, <laughs> you can be somebody that works at a restaurant, anybody like somebody that's been practicing you over 20 years. Um, but it's really a course to get you doing the work and showing up. And it's kind of like a jump start because like anything else, it's like, it's just developing a new habit so that, you know, cause anything that we do and we get rid of one habit, a bad habit, it's going to, it needs to be replaced by something else. So this is just kind of like the fire under the ass um, to get you there.
0: I love that. No, that's going to be perfect for anyone who resonated with this conversation today because it was filled with, I'm sure, all the juicy nuggets that you get to give your wonderful people in the blueprint. Um, I can't wait to join it. I'm a forever student and friend of what you're putting out. So this is wonderful. I just want to say thank you so, so much for taking the time and sharing your art and your voice and your truth with us. Um, Nikki,
1: I literally the same like what you just said the same for you like keep doing it keep listening to your own advice Mm. that's all I got amazing
0: thank you for flipping your script with us this week as you tuned in and listened to a dose of Josie if you're on social media, you know the drill. Please go ahead and share this episode if it impacted you in any way, shape, or form. I run my own social media. I love connecting with everybody. So please make sure you reach out at The Ultradose or at Nikki Castellet. If you're interested in working with Josie, I highly recommend it. I've taken every one of her workshops, every one of her classes, and I just finished up her August course, The Blueprint. This course is just for women, and it is a month-long transformative course that will quite literally light a fire underneath your ass. So you can take this course anywhere in the world, and you can register at www.thespacecolumbus.com. Tune in next Thursday for another dose of exactly what you needed to hear and didn't even know it.